Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Cow Lot. And boy, does the Cow Lot have a Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal for you. This is a perfect gift for the cowboy or cowgirl in your life. The perfect fit custom hat experience. This allows you to choose your hat style, color, shape, and get it custom fit to their head, making it a gift they're guaranteed to love. Along with a gift certificate of your choice, you'll get free of charge Simple instruction guide for the perfect fit, cow lot ruler to measure for the perfect size, head drawing wire to get the perfect head shape. You'll also have your choice of gift boxes, actual hat box just in case size matters, gift box for a real surprise, and because we know just as well as you do it's more than just a hat, it's a lifestyle, today through Monday Get $50 off if you spend over $295, get $100 off if you spend over $550, and get $150 off if you spend over $800. This is a deal you can't pass up, so head on over to thecowlot.com and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tommy Hawk's Axe House. Tommy Hawk's is the biggest axe throwing venue in the Midwest. Veteran-owned and operated, Tommy Hawks is run by a former U.S. Army Ranger and his family. If you're looking for an awesome place to kick some axe with family and friends, then Tommy Hawks is the place to be. Tommy Hawks also makes customized axes and tomahawks for those that want a unique piece to add to their collection. I just received my customized modern cowboy tomahawk, and I am beyond thrilled. Check out some photos of it on our Instagram feed, and once you see it, you're going to want to get one for yourself. So whether you're chopping wood or hitting bullseyes, Tommy Hawks has got the blade for you. Check them out at www.tommyhawks.net and also check out episode 116 of the Modern Cowboy Podcast where I interview the owner and hear all about their story. So hey, check them out at tommyhawks.net and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, 
excited to have my guest on today. Uh, it's interesting how I found him, how I find a lot of people, meet a lot of people nowadays is through social media. But I was actually on TikTok, a uh, <laughs> platform that I, I love. And uh, Garin was on there and I, I saw him and he, he was talking about some people saying, oh, you know, if, if you don't have your hat like this or you don't have your clothes like this, or you don't look like this, you're not a cowboy uh, or you can't be a cowboy or whatever. And he was just making a statement uh, that, hey, you know, you can basically, you know, wear what you want and have the style you want and which which is really kind of what being cowboys is like. And and uh, so anyway, it just kind of caught me. And uh, he had a, a really good way of speaking and he's a young guy. So I, I just kind of, you know, creeped him on social media and, and <laughs> found out that he's a barrel racer as well, uh, which is something that, you know, we we think that, you know, women do a lot of. But, I, uh, you know, I can tell you, uh, my good friend Cody Cowden, who's a, you know, NFR team roper, healer and stuff. Uh, he was training some barrel horse for a while and he loved riding barrels. And so I doubt, I don't know if he'll listen to this episode. He probably won't, but I'll tell him about it. Uh, so he used to tell me that running barrels is fun. So, and, and it looks fun too, but to me, barrel horses are kind of like riding a, a, you know, fire breathing dragon. I mean, they're yeah. scary. They're scary. So anyway, so I just reached out to, to Garen and just thought, Hey man, I'll have him on. He's, he's a young guy. Um, uh, seems like he's got a good head on his shoulder. So, uh, uh Modern Cowboy is a perfect fit uh, for for a guy like Garn. So anyway, Garn, welcome to the Modern Cowboy podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Now, we were, we were talking a little bit before. Uh, you guys live up in, in Oregon, correct? Yeah, we do. It's just outside uh, between Bend and Prineville. It's a little, or a little community called Pal Butte. Okay. Yeah. And it was funny because I, I posted a picture. You, I, I stole a picture off of your Instagram and posted it and just said, Hey, you know, look for this guy in a, a future episode of the podcast. And, and then another guy, friend of mine, uh, Zach Rhodes, who I'd had on the podcast, the equine dentist, he goes, Hey, he goes, I've, I've actually, uh, I know Garn's dad. And, um, anyway, so we we're just talking about what a small world it is, but it, it is a small world in the Western world to a certain degree. But then again, there's uh there's a lot of us out there. So anyway, that being said, just, just give us a little background, background on you. Tell us, uh, you know, you know how, how you got, got started, started in uh, uh, horses and and uh, the cowboy way of life. Yeah, well, first off, I, Zach says hello. I actually held horses for him last week while he did dentist stuff. <laughs> dentist up here. But um, I started riding from a really young age. My dad has always kind of ran. Uh, with horses, he we I was born in Idaho, just below uh, the Tetons, a little place called Swan Valley, uh, and we had my dad was a broker there, and we had horses. I grew up there, and he we he kind of had a thing where he came to Christ closer, and he started seminary school, and we moved to Oregon, and he started a program with horses and uh, youth a lot on the reservation here. So I grew up tearing around the reservation, chasing wild horses and stuff, and never really got into competing until high school, which I joined, uh, we didn't always have the money to do high school rodeo. So I actually joined, uh, Oregon high school equestrian teams, which is like a club varsity sport in Oregon and Washington. Right. So they have like 40 different events from, you know, like English to gaming, to sorting and penning. And, uh, I joined that my freshman year and that's what really started like my competition scene. And like, I started out with not the best horses the first couple of years and I really got into it and pushed into, it. I didn't even want to do it to start out with. I was like, I don't want a game because I did most of the gaming and you know, the daubing and the team penning and stuff. And I loved the cattle stuff, but I was like, I'm never going to be a gamer. I'm never going to be a barrel racer. 
And then my sophomore year, my horse got really hurt and ended up, I ended up coming off and stuff. And we switched to my dad's like old ranch or not old ranch horse, just like saved rescued ranch horse. And he went out there and just had like the cleanest pattern. And it was like, that was the moment it clicked for me that barrel racing was something I really loved. And it always was this thing where I grew up with a lot of health issues and surgeries and stuff. And getting back on the horse was like literally my motto. Like God gave that to me to push back out, you know, the hospital bed to get back on the horse. So Mm -hmm. I, I kind of took off in that direction. And I loved like taking like what you say, like about crazy barrel horses. I think you should take a barrel horse and be able to go pen on it. I think you should go take a barrel horse, be able to go rope on it. Like you want to be able to ride that horse all day on the ranch too. So we go help friends with ranches and stuff. And I wanted to be able to take my best barrel horse and go up into the hills and rope a cow. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, forgive my ignorance, but you, the one word you said, and, I, and maybe I just heard you wrong. You said gaming. What, what's, uh, what were you referring to in gaming? So like gaming is like up here is kind of like a, I don't know, it's a term for like speed events in like, you know, like poles, barrels, okay, uh, figure eight, all that kind of stuff that, you know, those were the events, you know, you had six or seven different events and team gaming events that you did. And you're about, you know, probably about 3000 students in Oregon and 3000 students in Washington competed in, you know, 40 different events. And my category was like the Western gaming, you know, raining, that kind of stuff and like roping, dobbing and team pinning. Right. So now you said that you you had a lot of health issues growing up. Uh, so that's something that I've ended up with later in life, uh, to my surprise. But uh, you want to share a little bit about that because you you said you had to, you had some surgeries and stuff. Yeah. So when I was nine during the H one N one crisis, kind of like now, it's so crazy it's repeating itself. But they mistook my septicemia, which was uh, oh, uh, uh, basically a lapse in my intestines that I twisted for H1N1. So, you know, by the fourth day I went in there and they had to take nine feet out. So I've had, you know, since nine year old, I've had, you know, probably six surgeries, gallbladder, more intestine removed all the way out throughout high school. And, you know, some stuff even now that I deal with, but like that horses and, you know, working with like the Western community and stuff has always been my push to go back. Like I was always on the horse, you know, the day after the doctor cleared me. And, you right. know, out, you know, with my horses the whole time I was healing and stuff. And that's what helped push me through. So do you, do you, uh, with the surgeries and stuff, do you follow a, you know, a specific diet? Uh, do you have to take any medications now for it or how do you, yeah. how do you treat it now? Yeah. So I, you know, I treat it with like, I eat all organic, you know, high protein diet. Um, and I also take, you know, some supplementative medicines and, you know, it just goes day on by day. I do antibiotics every two weeks and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's a high regimen and I have to, you know, work a lot harder than other people to do what I love, but right. it's all worth it when you're able to. Right. Absolutely. So now competing in barrel racing, because again, you know, it's, we, we look at that a lot of times we just think that it's a more of a woman's sport, but yeah. I mean, I know, I know there's, there's a lot of guys that do barrel race. Um, I'm just not really familiar with, uh, your organizations and stuff. So, uh, are you, are you out of high school now or are you, no, you're in college. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. And you go to, we were talking about this before you, you're doing um, online studies at, uh, GCU, right? Yeah. Grand Canyon. Yeah, Grand Canyon University, which is right close to where I'm at here. It's a, it's ab- an absolutely beautiful campus, and we've been there for uh, a lot of different events and concerts and stuff. But uh, very nice campus. Um, 
what was I saying? Lost my track. I was asking you something. Oh, about the barrel racing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, did you 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 said you barrel raced in high school? Yeah. Okay, and then what about organizations outside of high school? Or is there is there men's barrel racing in college rodeo too? I'm I'm just not really. So like the rodeo hasn't really opened up to men barrel racing, which I understand. I mean, it did start out as like a women's way of joining rodeo, and then you know as the PRCA became more stringent about keeping men only events than women branched off in their own associations. Um, because you know, you used to see a lot more like women bull riders and women bronc riders back then. It's just crazy to think about, but, um, yeah. So I end up going to a lot of like private sanctioned events, uh, not so much just men. It's all like, you know, co-ed and it's jackpots and, you know, like the BBR, uh, brand OBRA West coast barrel racing association, that kind of stuff. And even towards like my big goal is to make it to the American. So, I mean, men aren't allowed to compete in a lot of like the PRCA WPRA and that's okay. I'm like, I am excited to see how it branches out in the future, but I'm actually able to compete in a lot of stuff. I was, I didn't do college rodeo or anything, but I did a lot of like private sanctioned events, mm-hmm. you know, like the West coast barrel racing, association i did this year and that's the richest barrel race on like the west coast um i've been trying to work up to be able to compete i've tried to qualify once for the american and just missed it on the horse i just retired uh so i do like bbr there's like local oregon barrel racing association and we finished like you know the top 10 um so there's a lot of different opportunities for men to barrel race. And I think like the biggest one that like I'm most excited to get in is like once I started my breeding program and stuff with my younger horses is the futurity side of stuff, just because there's so much money. There's so many different, you know, ways you can actually make a living doing that, you know, right. and even a little bit more than rodeo and stuff because it's more consistent. You know, there's a lot more opportunities to win money in futurities and stuff than, you know, the first, the top 10. So I, it, there's a lot of different ways for men to make a living barrel racing. And I also love to compete. I still openly compete in uh, team penning and sorting as well as I'm starting to learn how to cap rope. Oh, okay. Very cool. So that's interesting though. Uh, men aren't, aren't allowed to, uh, to compete in the PRCA. I, I, I never even thought of that, you know, but, but they're there. If they wanted to interrupt, they couldn't interrupt in, in the PRCA barrel racing. No, and you know, it's just some like select uh, rodeos that allow them to. And you know how the PRCA is uh, sanctioned with the American, but the American leaves it open for men to join. And you know, there's been quite a few that have made it there and, you know, made quite a bit of money. And I think it's just like, you know, the stereotypes behind men barrel racing. But, I, you know, I think rodeo and, you know, the next, you know, 50 years and stuff is going to open up a lot more. And you're going to see a lot more like, Growing up on the reservation and stuff, right now there's like this influx of, you know, young ladies who want to do rough stock and stuff. Right. And then, you know, they're making waves. They're, you know, they, you know, they have these talents that God gave them and they're using them. And that's what I try to say. Like, you know, it's, it's hard. There's a lot of stereotypic stereotypes, you know, you have to be a feminine male male barrel racer and definitely not that person. So I, I love watching people just use their gifts for God. And that's something I try to preach all over is, you know, God gave me this and I, I love riding and jockeying like my clients horses and stuff. And yeah, I'm going to use my gifts the way that they were meant to get used. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Cause I mean, some of these, uh, there, there's a song, uh, who is it? Uh, 
I think Chancey Williams got a song, some of the uh, toughest cowboys he ever met are cowgirls. And like I had Sarah Brown on uh, and she does a lot of, but she's in that one TV show um, uh, rodeo. I don't know if it's called rodeo girls, but anyway, she's a, she rides uh, saddle Bronx, you know, Mm -hmm. ranch saddle Bronx. Yeah. And I mean, she's dirty tough and, and there's, and there's a lot of them gals. It's just like the, the women in, uh, in the UFC, you know, in, in MMA and stuff fighting now too. Uh, So, I just think it's only fair that, you know, Hey man, we should be able to, you know, compete in all the sports we want to compete in too. Just like bro racing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's crazy to watch. You look at a lot of these, you know, people, most of their trainers now are men. Uh, they, you know, those guys coming up from Brazil, uh, right. you know, so even like, I think the top earner right now, uh, even including all the gals who rodeo is a guy, I think it's Troy Coomeran right. and he's, you know, won over $4 million doing it. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so then he's, so this guy, he's, he's like the trainer for these gals or like a coach or a trainer for the horses or. Yeah. So a lot of them are uh, training based and they have like clients who buy the horses and they run them and train them and raise them. And, you know, they have some of their own, but you know, a lot of the guys who do it professionally now uh, train other people's horses, ride other people's horses, jockey other people's horses, just, you know, like uh, thoroughbred racing. Right. Got you. Now you said that you've uh, started a breeding program. Is, is, did, did I hear that right? Or yeah, yeah, I just had my first baby uh, this year. I have another one coming next year. And then I have a three-year-old coming for this year that I'll faturity next year. Okay. And, and the faturity for some people that might not uh, you know, know what that means, kind of explain that a little bit, what the faturities are. So the faturity is... Um, kind of just like thoroughbred racing and stuff where you have a certain amount of time when the horse is young, uh, cert- certain age requirements in barrel racing, it's four and five year old year. So the year they start as a three year old become four is their four year old year. When they are four and five become five on that year, that's the other year. So they can start them and that's one year you get. And there's a whole bunch of races with open money that are a lot higher that only fraturity horses can, you know, compete in, you know, there's million dollar fraturities now uh, with like Ruby buckle and pink buckle. And you take those horses and you know, they're babies. It's literally all about training. It's not about seasoning and stuff. It's about how that foundation is put on that horse and whether or not it's going to make it, you know, in high pressure, you know, experiences and events. So that training, you know, is just, you have to put that much more into it because you're taking a four-year-old who's like never been on the road, really probably hauled them to a couple of races, done some time only and sending them out there. And they're actually running now, you know, in these recent years, they're running faster than these open, you know, NFR horses that have been doing it for 10 years. It's, it's really watch. Yeah. You know, uh, like Pete Owen and there's a couple other uh, Casey Mowry, um, Cassie Mowry, they're running, you know, 16 sevens on, you know, three, four year old horses. Huh? Now something else, I don't know, cause I've had other, uh, you know, bell racers on the podcast before, and I don't know if I've ever asked this there, there's different distances on the patterns, right? Yeah. Is, is, so is there a standard distance between the barrels like a standard pattern or. Yeah. So a standard pattern is like what I was referencing with that time. I think the world record for the WPRA is like a 16-6 something set by Haley Kinzel. They almost broke it again in West Coast Brow Racing that I was at not too long ago. But it's, you know, I think it's 
six, 60 feet to, from the eyes to the barrels. Uh, I think it's, I can't remember both the directions, but it's a set pattern by the W or WPRA and it's the women's professional rodeo association. And they set this standard pattern and that's what most places have. But if you have a smaller arena, you make a smaller pattern, just like at the NFR. Right, right. Exactly. And then <clears throat> sometimes too, they're bigger. I mean, I, I think I've seen some rodeos like, I think, is Pendleton's bigger up there? Or? Yeah. So I've actually, they have a awesome July jackpot and I've gotten to run that. And it's crazy because you have to get your horse in shape because they're running right. like, you know, full on 30 seconds and that's full bore. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy. So um, now do you compete all year in barrel racing or? Yeah. So it's here. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people travel down to you and like when I have my futurity horses ready, I'm kind of in like a lull right now where it's pretty muddy. So I don't have that many client horses in because I don't have the facility. We're in the process of buying a place, but, and my younger horses aren't ready to race yet. So I'm kind of in a lull, but everybody else is still going. I mean, we just had a shutdown in Oregon. So a lot of stuff just got canceled, but a lot of people up here will actually travel down to you for like, you know, the Greg Olson and all the stuff that brand puts on. And those are huge fraternities. And that's the start of these people's years is, you know, November 15th was the start of the fraternity year. And then this spring and winter will be like all the big races. You know, I think the BFA is going on right now and stuff too. Right. Yeah. Hey, so, um, just uh, getting off the top of the uh, barrel race a little bit, you're, you're, you're going to college you're, and you're studying online. Did that, did you start studying online just because of the COVID deal or were you just an online student anyway, because you're on ranch and stuff? So I started out my college experience at uh, Oregon State University. I was a uh, pre-med student because I wanted to go into the medical field. And I just found that like it wasn't my calling, even though I really wanted it. Maybe I'll switch back. But I switched to fully online uh, the fall of 2019. Okay. And or yeah, 2019. And I switched fully to that so I could compete more and train more and focus on you know, building the things that I want to build. Right. Right. And what's your major? What are you majoring in? So right now I'm theology and business and I'll switch to mostly business with a theology minor. Got you. Now you got brothers and sisters too, or? Yeah, I have an older brother. He's a uh, 28. So he's about eight years older than me. See, does he rodeo or barrel race or anything or? Yeah. So he actually, he did OSET too. And that's why I got into it. That's why I didn't, I, I wasn't, you know, wanting to do it. <laughs> and I got into it and I loved it, but he actually roped and stuff in OSET and he was on the Fort Collins. He got a scholarship to the Fort Collins rodeo team. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so now how long you been uh, uh, starting to rope calves? How long did you start doing that? So I've just started cause you know, growing up, I didn't even rope in OSET. I daubed and stuff. And I was like the uh-huh. regional champion for that. But Roping has been something hard for me because roping is not so much uh, you you work on your horses stuff too, but it's a lot of you. And when mm-hmm. I was sick and stuff, I'd always get reset. So I'd be like, ah, oh, I need to, you know, I didn't have enough time to get ready to start this season. So I've just started to get into it. And, you know, with branding and stuff as well, starting to rope more. And I've really started to like it. And I've had some, there's some really cool people, uh, Bryce Barnes, he's out from, you know, Las Vegas area. He was the coach down there for the college team. I'm going to start working with him. And I just retired my barrel horse. Uh, that used to be a ranch horse. So I'm going to start 
putting him more into the calf roping aspect. And I've just gotten into that, but I've always loved working cattle. Like I grew up, you know, moving cows and then right. I put those talents into like team penning and sorting, which I fell in love with and, you know, had some success in. So I, I just love working with cows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, who else is a pretty handy uh, calf roper is Zach. Is he? <laughs> Rhodes. Yeah. 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 He's uh well, yeah, I've seen I've seen some videos of him roping, and I know I know he's competed quite a bit. So, uh, um, that's something I've always wanted to do. I always wanted yeah. to calf rope, and and I had a good horse one time, a good little heel horse that was also a calf horse. But uh, and I kind of started, but I never, it just never came to fruition. So anyway, yeah. it's uh, it's past my time now for for roping calves. <laughs> at, at least at least roping them and getting off. Fast. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the hard part. I got bad ankles too, so you know you'll probably see me fall a couple times rolling my ankles. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. So, hey, what do you, you got? Any other interests outside of uh, uh, you know horses and, and rodeo and stuff? Um, right now, it's actually it's kind of you know it's kind of involved, but I've loved event planning. So I host some of like the biggest barrel races in Oregon. And it really? all goes to, um, it's my family runs a nonprofit and I took over the medical expense fund because it helped me when I was sick. So I wanted to repay them. So now I take, and I put on these barrel races and hundred percent of the profits after, you know, rentals and paying people goes to a rural emergency medical fund. And we pay for the stuff, you know, insurance doesn't, doesn't cover for farmers and ranchers, like somebody to watch your cattle while you're at the hospital with your sick kid or paying for the hotel right. rooms or the gas money. So right. That's something I've really loved. And I've, I've gotten into, you know, like making, you know, as an influencer on TikTok, and I've, I'm really starting to work on like a Western apparel business and stuff as well. Oh, very cool. Um, so let's talk about the, the nonprofit. How long ago did your family start that? So when my dad moved to Central Oregon in 2003, he worked for a church for a while and kind of, kind of branched off to being non-denominational. Mm -hmm. And he saw a need on the reservation for purpose. Uh, here we have like one of the largest reservations besides down by you guys. Right. And it's, it's, it's a loss of culture. And he saw this craving of like young kids who want to work with horses. So he took over the trail rides there at the resort on property. And he started implementing the, the kids in as trail guides and showing them that, you know, you do have something, you can work hard, you can make a name for yourself. You're not just a person on the reservation. Cause you know, when they went to school off the reservation, my brother, it was an interesting story. Uh, my brother and his best friend, they both took the same class. You know, my brother got a B had a parent teacher conference and the teacher's like, Hey, Harrison, you know, has a B. I know he can have an A, you know, you need to work with them. And my dad would a lot of times go to the native kids, um, parent teacher conferences and they said you know we'll just call him like bob or whatever bob has a c and he's doing great you know for a res kid and right. it like broke my dad's heart like you right. know this is the same kid the same brain you know you're just not giving him the work and opportunity so then he molded that into you know teaching every kid and helping him through anyway you know whether that's sponsorship and rodeo you know after school tutoring and then he used the trail rides to fund all of it so we're 99 self-funding now even though we're off the reservation but we do trail rides provide the jobs and then help them wherever we can and then so we implemented the emergency medical fund you know about six years ago and that's what i run now 
Very cool. And what's the, what's the name of the organization? So it's called Sanctuary. Mine's called Sanctuary Braille Racing. And then my dad's is called Sanctuary and Sacred Spaces. Very cool. And so was, you, was, your, was your dad a pastor? Yeah, he is, he? he's an ordained pastor. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that's super, super cool, man. And, and uh, just uh, very commendable, especially for somebody your age. You, you've, you've got like a, an old soul in there. It seems like, <laughs> yeah, and, I've been getting teased about that a lot lately. I just bought a Lincoln, and I, I've gotten you know the old old guy nickname now. <laughs> what what uh, what Lincoln did you get? <laughs> I got a little like sedan and MKZ, but I've always like I I have kind of always been an old soul. Like I used to be fascinated with the suicide door Lincoln Continentals. Oh yeah, like yeah. putting like the horns on the front, but I, <laughs> we didn't go that far. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I, I love those too. And and yeah. matter of fact, a uh, couple guys here, young guys I know here, um, they, they've got the uh, well, they got a town car. Is it, so it's a Lincoln town car is what it is. Yeah. But then Wacy Barta, he's down here too. Uh, he's got a, a Lincoln town car with the horns on the hood. It's uh, <laughs> that's great. It's just it's classic. Yeah. So um, you also said that uh, you uh, we're working on a, a Western apparel. What, what kind of, what kind of apparel are you looking at doing? So right now we're just working on like the brand and, you know, the logo and stuff, but I really want to find it. Uh, I'm looking and working with a couple of my dad's colleagues and stuff to find a really good American manufacturer for like button downs and half zips and that kind of stuff. But the big thing is we want it to be American made. And then we want, you know, 15, 20% of the profits to go to a youth, uh, rodeo sponsorship fund gotcha. you know, you, there's all these big name athletes that get helped and you know there's these brands you know in regular clothing you know you plant a tree every time you buy the shirt but you right. don't see that so much in like the rodeo i mean a lot of it goes to sponsorships of big athletes but you don't see it right. as much in the rodeo western apparel so i really wanted to bring that into it so we're trying to launch uh probably the beginning of next year is kind of when we're slated to and i really want to start you know that thing because right now like i've my big mission is like you can do what you love and do a lot of good that's what like all my events are about with right. racing and you know we've we've put on other events too but that's what i want to implement into like the western apparel and stuff like when you buy a new shirt or when you get a new jeans i want you to know that you're helping you know this low-income kid be able to rodeo or you know right get a saddle or you know play pay for a plane ticket to the junior junior nfr that kind of stuff Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, do you, do you have a, a favorite uh, hat brand by chance? Yeah. So it's not really a brand, but I just got, I met him. There was, I don't know if you saw it. There's a chance Millen. Uh, I don't know if you know of him, uh, as a guy who got bone cancer up here and, you know, he's helped the community a lot and the community rallied around him. And like, that was like, you know, that video I made, it's, it's not so much how you dress. It's more of how you act as in being right. a cowboy. So you saw right. all these people and I got this hat, uh, custom hat voucher, uh, from there and it's Lone Star, uh, hats. And I think he's out by you. Uh, okay. but yeah, no, he formed everything, sent you the forms and stuff and did it all up. And it's like the nicest, most comfortable hat that I've ever worn. I thought it'd be loose and fall off when I rode, but it doesn't. Like yeah. it's, it, that first nice hat you get, is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with you there. How about boots? You got a favorite brand of boots? Yeah, I, I, 
I really like boulets. I kind of stumbled upon them. We don't have very many people up here, but I found they're like the closest you can get to handmade without paying handmade prices. Mm-hmm. Right. And they last so much longer and they're really comfortable to wear all day. Like I, I wear mine for two years and get them resold and, you know, they still feel the same as when you buy them. And when you buy them, you don't have that break-in period. I just really like them. <laughs> nice. Nice. And what about cowboy movies? You got a favorite cowboy movie? Probably the Cowboys with John Wayne. I remember watching that with my dad and like, I was one of the first movies I can remember crying to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, that that's funny. I I watched that. I saw that with my dad uh, when it first came out at the movies. So yeah. that was probably. I mean, I, I can't remember. It came out what seventy two or something like that. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Your your dad might have been five at the time. <laughs> oh, he, he he remembers watching it too. But uh, no, I just I that picture of like John Wayne and you know growing up with such a great family. I was like, that's my dad. He'd do all the same right. things. <laughs> right. That's so cool. So cool. So, hey, so if um, uh, if people want to uh, follow you, what give us all your handles on on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, so my Instagram is garn.c.buller. Uh, that's my Instagram. You can friend me on Facebook at garnbuller. And then uh, the TikTok, I think, is just garnbuller, too. And I just try to make funny videos, throw in some, you know, other stuff every once in a while it started out as a joke and then it kind of took off and yeah. i've just got to meet so many cool people and have so many neat opportunities like you know this this is amazing i never thought you know six months ago that i'd be doing this <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> well it's funny because uh my editor the guy that does my editing on my podcast um he's he's 25 years old and i met him through a group that we belonged to like two and a half years ago uh, podcasting a podcast group and in it, I had him as an accountability partner. And so, um, you know, he, he was 23 at the time or 22 and he lives in Detroit. And, uh, so long story short, uh, you know, we just kind of became fast friends and, and he's done all the editing and stuff for, uh, for a, a long time. But he called me one night and he goes, he, or met texted me or something. He goes, dude, he goes, you need to get on TikTok." He goes, there's a lot of Western stuff on there. So I posted a video of me shaping a hat on a steamer yeah. and it got like, it just went nuts. It got 275,000 views. And so yeah. was, I, I kind of like just stumbled onto it, but it, it's a great platform, man. It's just like, like when I saw your stuff, it, it, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it, it seems like I, I get a lot of good messages and stuff out of it. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting to watch. Like a lot of times you have to have a step above people to get off on those platforms. And it feels like on TikTok and stuff, you start out all the same. Like, you could right. post something and have it go viral and have one follower. Like, right. that's like the coolest <laughs> right. part about it. Like when I started doing it, I posted my first video. Uh, it got like 10,000 likes. And I was like, that was so stupid. It's funny. And then they what? stick on and they, you know, support you and everything. It's just great. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about TikTok um, is I'll, I'll see like celebrities on there. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm not knocking on celebrities, but I'll see celebrities. And it's like, they're just not good on there. It's better just to see, you know, everyday folks on there that we don't know about, don't see in the movies or whatever. For some reason, for me, I don't know. Yeah. It's just some of the everyday people on there are, are funnier and more interesting than, you know, a, a big Hollywood actor that, uh, you know, doesn't have their script in front of them. And again, I'm not I'm not bagging. on. I'm just saying that's just kind of the way I look at it when I see it. 
you know. No, and I think that's like a big thing about, you know, if you look at like the Western culture and cowboy culture and stuff, everybody's got like their own little unique thing. Like, you know, yeah. you know JC makes like the best, you know, rope halters and, you know, right. they're the funniest people to take on a road trip. And like, you get to watch that on TikTok. And I think that's right. really amazing, you know. You, you get to see like the, I love the gal who like acts out what the horses are saying and stuff and how they act like the different personalities. And stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so cool. And watching like the artists too take off is really oh, yeah. like the leather work and the beading and stuff. And like, they're blowing up because of it. I think that's great. Yeah. And music too. That's another oh, thing yeah. too. I mean, just some crazy talented people, you know, some guy sitting in his bedroom that could just shred a guitar you know, it's just, it's, it's super cool. Yeah, and hey. like, even just watching your artists that were kind of started blow up. Right. Like, uh, like Ian music. I feel like he, in the last year since TikTok has started, he's like, I hear him all the time now. Like I was shoot, uh, holding horses for Zach the other day and he was playing. And I'm like, I feel like I've heard him 10 times this week. And you know, the yeah. last year I hadn't heard him at all except for my playlist. Yeah. Yeah. It's great, man. Hey, and what's what's again? What's the name of the of, of your guys' uh, um, nonprofit? So it's called uh, Sanctuary and Sacred Spaces. If you want to okay. follow the barrel racing, it's uh, Sanctuary Barrel Races, and they have I have Facebook and Instagram for that as well. Very cool. Well, the listeners don't know it till uh, till now. I'm telling them, but you know, we we had quite the the deal trying to just get on to do this podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, one yet one, you know, we're living on our RV, uh, RV right now. We have been for a little while and we're building a house and, and then, so our Wi-Fi is out. So anyway, we recorded half this podcast <laughs> earlier this morning, then Wi-Fi went out, we had to get back on. So we're just praying that the first half is recorded to the cloud and it's saved. If not, uh, we we're, <laughs> we're going to have to reverse engineer it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. But, uh, yeah, Garan. Hey, man, it's been it's been great chatting with you. And you know, it, it's funny because I, I wasn't sure, you know, exactly, you know, how you were going to be, but you you were exactly like I thought you would be from the video. I just thought this guy's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a young kid, but he's sharp. You know, uh, you're well spoken, and uh, you know, I, I think you've got some uh, uh, insight beyond your years. So uh, uh, I, I'm I'm glad I reached out to you and, and, and got to chat with you and and. Hopefully we don't have to record that uh, first part again, but uh, hopefully it's in the cloud there somewhere, but I uh, really appreciate you taking the time and, um, you know, coming on and sharing your story. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, if you're free in April, we're going to be putting on one of the biggest uh, futurities and barrel races up here in Oregon. So you'll have to stop on by. Well, you know, my, uh, actually my uh, wife's family all lives up there out of uh, Eugene. Um, so, uh, there's a good chance we could definitely be up there. So yeah, we'll, we'll have a concert and everything. So, you, you know, come on by. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, well, thanks again. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Yeah. You have a blessed one. Cowboys and cowgirls at. Every Friday afternoon, he'd shut the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I'd drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. Twenty thousand dollar horses, then there's my own stick. Oh, 
although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve it Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pen Most of life's 